What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. I'm sorry there was no. Don't say the car's topless Tuesday video this morning. Actually, no, I don't apologize whatsoever. There's just a shitload of stuff going on in free agency, and I'm like, we need to cover that. Okay. I feel violently underprepared for this video because every time I feel good about it, something else pops up. Like Hunter Henry getting signed to the fucking Patriots. It's unnecessary. It's disrespectful. I just don't need it. You don't I don't need it. I'm trying to create content around breaking news and Bill's out here spending his fucking stimulus check. He get the 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 businesses get stimulus checks to the Patriot. I know, like the first time around, these big businesses getting fucking hell investments from the government. I wonder if the Patriots. I feel like the Patriots, like if there's any team that's really hooked into the government, it's the Patriots. They are the the, the establishment. Although, although I just want it known for the record that we are, we are. BDGE is a pro big pharma brand. Just letting you know. Okay. We're talking about all, all the things that have happened in free agency up to this point. Let me get my notes up here because there's just, I, I'm trying to figure out how do I organize this? How do I start with the guys who were tagged? Do I start with the guys who weren't tagged? Do I do the guys that were like released? Do I do the guys that were signed somewhere else? But I realize they're all the same fucking person. You know, like if you, a lot of the guys fit into like three of those categories. So I'm out here just, we're just going to go all over the place. And I have to look at an apartment in about an hour. So hopefully this doesn't run over. Otherwise, I'm going to be homeless in about a month. But, but these guys aren't homeless. Aaron Jones is not going to be homeless in a month because he's going to be in Green Bay for a long time. It's unfortunate. I would never really want to live there. Anyone live in Green Bay? Anyone live in Wisconsin? Is it super depressing? Can't be more depressing than New York, but... During the winter, can't imagine it's a, can't imagine it's a fun town. All right, let's talk Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones gets re-signed four years, forty-eight million dollars to the Packers. This is huge. This is huge, and it's you know I, I think pretty much up to this point I was saying fifty-fifty that he comes bike. He's back with Green Bay, and it happened, and it's why I was telling y'all not to start. You know. If you were making moves for A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones within the last month or so, it was purely, strictly a gambling thing, okay? You had an addiction, you're a degenerate, and you're like, I'm going to try to get a leg up. But there was no leg up to be had. You were completely guessing. You were throwing shit out in the dark. If you were a Dillon owner, if you were you know, if you know, were an Aaron Jones owner, you were trying to buy either of them. You had no fucking idea what's going to happen. The only thing we know now, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones will make up the backfield in 2021 for the Green Bay Packers. Jamal Williams will not be, will not be bike here in Green Bay. It's good for Aaron Jones because as much as we wanted him to land in like a San Fran or a Miami, there's just an equal chance that he lands elsewhere in a shitty situation where he's not utilized, where he's not running behind a good offensive line, where he's not behind Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Jones is a touchdown machine, great pass catcher. And I actually kind of like this, right? Even if AJ Dillon starts to kind of creep into the workload a little bit more on early downs, like fuck it, man, who cares about 16 rushing yards? Give me those targets that Jamal Williams is going to let go to Aaron Jones now, right? He's he's pretty much been averaging a nice two and a half, three targets per game over the last few seasons as a secondary guy, right? We have those Jamal Williams games, and a lot of the times it's because he's very involved through the air, and uh, Aaron Jones is basically the second weapon for Green Bay 
They're definitely going to add some sort of piece. I don't know what they're waiting for, but they will. Weapons, wide receiver, they need to do fucking something out there. But Aaron Jones right now is like the second pass-catching weapon in that offense. So, you know, even if Dylan's a little bit more involved than Williams, give him the groundwork. I don't give a fuck. <sighs> what do we got? So, basically, yeah, one of the key takeaways here for Dynasty especially is like, you can gamble if you want, if you want to have fun, but you will always have a an inherent leg up on the opponent if you can operate logically. Don't operate with emotion. Do not gamble unless you really just want, you know, if that's the way you play, fuck it. I do that sometimes too. But if you can stay level, if you can stay grounded, if you can stay sounded, you'll always have a leg up when it comes to dynasty. Because if you, if you look at things over a long-term span, and if you can keep your head in the game without keeping your heart in the game, a lot easier said than done, you will have a leg up on your opponents always, okay? That's the situation to take away from here. There was no need to start making running back moves with the Green Bay Packers running backs a month ago because we didn't know what the fuck was going to happen, okay? So Aaron Jones, obviously, right back into that running back one conversation. It's a take is about as spicy as fucking ketchup right now. He's been a top five back over the last two years. Will I be drafting him as a top five back? Probably not. They lose Corey Lindsley, who signs with the Chargers, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so their offensive line won't be as dominant as they have been. They've been like a top five run blocking line for the for the last couple of years. Hope my sound is on, to be honest. This would be devastating if it wasn't. Oh, we on. Oh, we on the oh we on the on the air? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into don't worry, we're gonna get into we're going to get into Hunter Henry. We're going to get into Jonu Smith. We're going to get into everything that I've seen thus far. And I'm sure like while I'm on this live stream with y'all, there would be 17 more signings that I need to prepare for and go back on. We're going to Thursday's video is also probably going to be a, uh, a recap of what happens in free agency from now through then. So this entire week will be all free agency centered. Okay, so we have Aaron Jones. I will probably rank him around running back. I don't know, in the fucking 6 to 10 range. I think that's probably where I'll be comfortable taking him. Again, he's going to get the same volume that he's had the last couple of years. The money says so. Aaron Rodgers loves him. The franchise loves him. He's going to continue to get goal line work. Maybe that gets scaled back a little bit, but they're a team that does a lot, does a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in the red zone, okay? And last year we saw Aaron Rodgers throw the ball like 77,000% of the time in the red zone. If that switches back, then there'll be plenty to eat between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I know A.J. Dillon's fat ass needs a lot to eat. But there will still be left over for both guys. There will still be left over for both guys. So Aaron Jones re-signing. Great news for him. Obviously, terrible news for AJ Dillon if you're a dynasty owner. Um, I mean, yeah, not much else to say there. Chris Godwin gets tagged by the Bucks. Not a surprise. They're gonna bring the whole fucking squad bike. I think Godwin is probably uh, a high-end wide receiver too, mid-wide receiver two-ish that I think will have a nice floor and he'll have some weekly ceiling. Those those are the types of guys you like to those are the types of guys I like to draft. If you're getting him for a value, you know, if you're starting to get Godwin in the fourth, fifth round, a guy with a nice floor, but a high weekly upside. Because here's the, here's the thing. Like, when you're getting down to, like, the, basically after the top five wide receivers in fantasy, there's not a huge point-per-game difference between, like, the wide receiver six and seven and the wide receiver 20, okay? Realistically, when you look at the end-of-the-year stats, the points-per-game difference is not that high. So when you're getting a guy who's ranked as, like, the wide receiver 16, the production is really not that big of a fall-off all the way up to like the wide receiver six. 
So you give me a guy that has a nice floor with Godwin. Maybe the floor for Godwin is like five for 60 on a weekly basis, whatever. That's not going to be the difference maker on your fantasy team, right? The running backs, we all know this. The running backs are the guys who make the difference on a weekly basis. But Godwin's also a guy I think that has a nice weekly ceiling, okay? I think we're going to have games where he goes six for 125 and two touchdowns, right? It'll go on and off with him and Mike Evans. But I like Godwin as a nice bounce back value candidate, probably fourth-ish, fifth round in redraft next year. Al Robinson also gets that franchise tag i don't this is a tricky situation because mitch is not gonna be the quarterback there he doesn't actually have to sign this until i think like july is either june or july 15th so uh there's still a chance that he can hold out i mean there's a chance that he gets signed that he signs a tag and then gets traded so we'll see what happens there is not really much to kind of go off of there what else do we got here uh i'm gonna talk about the tight ends last on the on the patriots at least we'll start with another tight end so we had jared cook getting released and there's going to be a lot of, you know, we have Jared Cook getting released. We got Kyle Rudolph getting released. All these old, old fucking geriatric dudes are getting released. We're starting to make way for the, for the young wave of tight ends that we've all been talking about for a while, right? We have the Herb Smiths. We have the Adam Troutmans. So Adam Troutman, one thing I want to say, Adam Troutman, I tweeted this out yesterday, but Adam Troutman didn't do shit in year one. Okay. He didn't do anything. He had like 170 receiving yards or some shit. Now I want to look back because I know like everyone's going to just be like, oh, you know, opportunity is there. A lot of the times just straight up opportunity in terms of like volume for tight ends is just not enough. It doesn't move the needle. I want to see production before I know that you're going to get the volume rather than just projecting opportunity or volume. With running backs, I feel a lot more comfortable, you know, having not seen them do something on the field, but them taking over the backfield. The tight end is a tricky, tricky situation, tricky position really to maneuver around because it almost feels like every team has some sort of tight end by committee, right? Because you got blocking tight ends, you got inline out, uh, tight ends, you got the pass catching tight ends, but then you might also have like red zone tight ends and, you know, it gets, it gets fucking messy. So I don't like to just project opportunity and volume. I like to see production and then project those things. So I was looking back, looking, looking all the way back to 20, no, to 2000, to the year 2000, you say 20,000, 2000. I'm going to take a pause on this. It's like my fourth cup of coffee today. Didn't sleep much last night. Looking back to the year 2000, okay? 168 rookie tight ends have finished with under 200 receiving yards in their rookie season. Adam Troutman is one of them. So I'm looking at, they didn't do shit their rookie year. What can we expect for the jump in their second year? Of those 168 tight ends who finished with under 200 yards a rookie year, I wanted to see what were the, what were the best seasons next year. What can we what can we look at as the absolute ceiling for a tight end the following year? The top performing season of those 168 rookie tight ends the following year was 676 yards. The most touchdowns caught by any of them was six. Okay, 159 of 168 tight ends. So 95.2% of those tight ends the following year had fewer than 400 receiving yards, had three or fewer touchdowns, and had 39 catches or fewer. So you're talking about 95 to 96% of those guys who didn't do shit in the rookie year basically had extremely underwhelming statistics the following year. Is that going to be the, the case with Troutman? Of course, you need to put context behind it. But I'm not like sitting here saying that Troutman's in the absolute best. You know, he's not like it's not like Travis Kelsey just retired and now he becomes a tight end in, in Kansas City. Like, yes, you can put context behind things. But like I, to project him to be a top eight, a top 10 tight end 
Like, no, nah, he'll be ranked in the 14, 15-ish range, and I think that's even kind of optimistic, to be honest with you. So he didn't do shit. He didn't do shit. But sticking on the Saints, man, what's really going to matter is his quarterback situation. I've been saying this for a couple weeks, or probably a couple months at this point. This is going to be a quarterback by committee. This is going to be a quarterback by committee, and it's going to fucking stink for fantasy football. In the same way that Ronald Jones was the starter in Tampa Bay last year, that's what Jameis Winston is going to be, in my humble-ass opinion. Okay, so you're going to have two quarterbacks rotating on and off the field, and it's going to be a fucking nightmare for fantasy football. They re-signed Jameis one year, $12 million. They fucking did some weird voodoo shit with Taysom Hill, four years, $140 million extension. All of it's voidable. I really just don't. I, I I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't care. All we know is that these two guys are both going to be quarterbacks for the Saints next year. So what I mean by like the Ronald Jones comparison, is he technically the starter? Yes, but there are going to be tons of games where he's going to be, he's going to have a, a, a long leash in terms of the season aspect. Like he'll probably start 14, 15 games for the Saints, but he'll have a short weekly leash, right? Just like Ronald Jones, where there are going to be games, yeah, there, there'll be games where James Winston, Winston throws for 350 and three touchdowns. There are also going to be games where the Saints score four touchdowns, all of them by the hands of Taysom Hill or, or by the legs of Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. We're going to get some 170 passing yard, two interception, zero touchdown games from Jameis Winston because he's only playing 60% of the snaps at quarterback. Like that's going to happen. So the way I'm looking at drafting with these guys, I, I think Michael Thomas is safe, right? He's seeing a fucking 35% target share no matter what. The rest of the squad, the rest of the fucking squad over there in New Orleans is... uh. It's going to be a little bit nerve-wracking. Alvin Kamara is still obviously an RB1, a top-end RB1. I don't think it's really going to be a problem. They have the entire offseason to figure out what they want to do with this offense, and Kamara getting that extension is very much like the biggest building block of the offense. So uh, it'll, it'll still very much run through him. But in terms of drafting Taysom Hill and, and Jameis Winston, I won't be drafting either of them. If you're looking at like super flex leagues, I'm not going to be drafting either of them where you're drafting normal starting quarterbacks, okay? I will draft whichever of them goes later, if they fall to like a value, if I'm getting Taysom Hill in like the seventh, eighth round, sure, sign me up. Jameis Winston in the sixth, seventh round, sure, sign me up. But if you're going to surpass actual starting quarterbacks, like give me like a, even like a Kirk Cousins or some shit over either of those guys. If you're going to be starting, you know, Ryan Tannehill for sure, obviously in like the fourth, fifth rounds of where Superflex quarterbacks go, I don't want one in a fucking committee. Okay. Um, I think this is good long term for Jameis. I think he'll get to show that he's not as fucking. Uh, bipolar as he was with the Tampa Bay offense. As long as he doesn't throw 30 interceptions again, he should get a uh, starting job either in New Orleans next year or somewhere else the following year. And this this offense is much more statistically friendly for a guy like Jameis, right? Where it's a lot of running back involvement. It's a lot of dump offs. It's a lot of quick hitting slants to fucking slant boy Michael Thomas uh, rather than taking a lot of deep shots downfield. So I think Jameis Winston will be more efficient, but I don't think uh, he's not like an enticing fantasy quarterback for me this year. It's going to be fucking weird. It's going to be weird. Where else do we got here? So we got John Brown getting released. So Gabriel Davis steps into that number two receiving role. Uh, 62, 35, and 599 yards. Rookie year. Seven touchdowns. Really, really fucking good rookie year. 17.1 yards per reception. This dude uh, really checks every box analytically. analytically. I want to throw some of the, the stuff I have in my notes up on the screen. So Gabriel Davis, I mean, you look at him, yeah, he's a fourth round pick, but like checks every other box, man. 6'2", 215, 77th percentile weight adjusted speed score, college dominator, college yards perception, 
college target share, breakout age. He, he checks every box. So by all means, while this was a wildly, wildly impressive rookie receiving class, like Gabriel Davis is one of those guys that you should not be leaving a dynasty startup draft without him, especially if he's going where we saw our, our ADP data of like uh, 10th, 11th, 12th round Gabriel Davis type shit, type beat. Don't be leaving drafts without him. Uh, I like Cole Beasley a lot too as a best ball pick because the second straight year we've seen him go over 100 targets, actually over 105 targets, two straight years uh, in 15 games. They've got almost nothing on that team behind, you know, Diggs obviously is the one, Beasley and Davis, but like usually teams got the depth chart of like six guys. I got like Isaiah McKenzie. I think Isaiah Hodgins, if you have, uh, if you have Isaiah Hodgins on the taxi squad, obviously keep him there. Keep him fucking roasting a little bit. See if they want to throw a little salt and pepper on him and, and unleash him and serve him for dinner and see what he could cook up this year. Isaiah Hodgins is a an interesting prospect for Buffalo. So keep him on the taxi squad if you got him. I don't think they're done adding to this offense, so things could shake up a little bit more. They might add a, a tight end to the mix. They might add a wide receiver to the mix or a running back, I should say, to the mix. So I don't think they're done moving the offensive pieces here. Uh, other tight ends I mentioned. So Kyle Rudolph is gone. Irv Smith. Irv Smith. So when you look at just just this offense in general, right? Like Irv Smith is a wildly athletic guy, and he's been someone that Dynasty Twitter has loved for a long time. Tight ends were targeted in this offense at a rate of 22% last year. The NFL average, I believe, was like 19 or 20%. They were averaged, uh, they were targeted 24% of the time in 2019. So as you're seeing a theme with Kirk Cousins, I mean, this is something that we've seen throughout his career. He targets tight ends a lot. And uh and Irv Smith is going to play a pretty heavy role in this passing offense. Tyler Conklin is also a guy who was pretty heavily involved even when uh, Irv Smith was on the field down the stretch last year. So, again, a lot of these guys are going to be more involved in tight end by committees in their passing offenses than we want to pretend they are. So Irv Smith will be a guy that, um, a guy that is on that like borderline tight end one range. I... My gut instinct right now is that I would rather have Irv Smith than Adam Troutman. Um, I, I, I'd see Irv Smith probably in like the tight end 10 to 12 range and Troutman somewhere in the 12 to 14 range. So they're close. And I don't think like the points per game difference at the end of the year between tight end 10 and 14 is probably literally there might actually not be a difference there. There might there might be no such thing as a ranking of a tight end 6 to 14. They might be the same player. They might be the exact same statistical projection on year over year basis. Golden Tate. He gone. Uh, just a lot of issues there in New York. I mean, it's no surprise that New York's going to try to add a wide receiver, if not two playmakers in that offense. Dak gets that fatty contract. Makes you feel good about owning CeeDee Lamb. Makes you feel good about owning Dak Prescott. Makes you feel good all around if you're a Dallas Cowboys guy because we remember how good this offense was when they were humming those first five games of the year. The biggest question mark there, obviously, is the offensive line. They've had some pieces move. They've had some guys retire, but a lot of it was health issues last year. They had a lot of the guys out for a lot of the games. So with this offense back in full force, I think all of them are pretty much value picks. I think Zeke is going to be a value pick and redraft. I think uh, everyone remembers what Dak did. So I don't. I, maybe they won't be value picks, but like you got to be, you got to be feeling good about Dak. Cam Newton. Cam Newton resigns with. New England. Let's just go over the entirety of this fucking New England offense. So what have they done so far? They re-signed Cam Newton. One year, $5 million is what he's guaranteed. The incentives are like, are some shit that him and I don't even know what that meeting was like. His agent sitting down with the execs in New England. They're like, here, you know, just just tell Cam it's for 14 years, uh, for $14 million, but $9 million of that is just impossible for him to get. Like, he ain't making it to the Super Bowl. He's not making it to the fucking Pro Bowl. My stomach hurts. 
Sorry, that was an awkward pause. I just it just like hit me. And I don't know why my first reaction was to drink more coffee because that's probably what's making my stomach hurt so much. Cam Newton's deal probably makes his stomach hurt a little bit because this man is getting paid like backup, backup quarterback money, and he's probably going to be a starter there. I don't know if he lasts the entire year. Um, It's clear that they don't want Jared Sim to have the job, but they also can go with a guy like Mac Jones. They can go with a guy like Mac Jones with their 15th overall pick if, if he drops there. And then have Cam as mostly like an insurance guy, you know, let him start for the first four, five, six weeks of the season. If he does well, maybe keep him there. If not, unleash Mac fucking Jones. It's not a sentence I thought I'd ever say. Unleash Mac Jones. So they re-signed Cam. Um, listen, I I, I, I I projected this. I said Cam Newton was going to be a starting quarterback somewhere week one, 2021 NFL season. I didn't know if it was going to be the Patriots. I didn't know if it was going to be in Washington. I didn't know where the fuck it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be. Animal, pay up, bitch. Cam Newton's there. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They signed Kendrick Bourne. They signed Jonu Smith. And they signed Hunter Henry. They probably already fucking signed another tight end since I've probably signed Gerald Deverett since I started doing this live stream. Lizzie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Doobie doop sheep bop. Okay, looks like uh, they didn't sign a new tight end over the last twenty one minutes and thirty seconds. So okay, they sign Kendrick Bourne. I don't. No one should give a single fuck about Kendrick Bourne right now in fantasy football. Nelson Aguilar. It's like the least inspiring signing of all time. Like I need to I need to drink more coffee just to actually talk about this to get inspired about it. Oh, I'm going to throw up today, I feel like. I'm going to throw up tomorrow probably. We're doing for Fade the Public this week. We're not, we, we, we have nothing planned other than like, they're going to come in tomorrow for St. Patty's day. And we're going to get a fucking shit house and make a vlog out of it. <sighs> My body's not going to like me Ugh, in the next like four days. What was the fuck was I even talking about? Um, oh, the Patriots. Okay. So yeah, Nelson Aguilar, I actually, I actually, I actually am bringing the big facts for you a little bit here. So Nelson Aguilar, I don't think anyone's like actually excited about this move. Great year though. Last year in Las Vegas. Great year in Las Vegas last year. 48 catches, 896 yards, eight touchdowns. So I was looking at, you know, like a lot of his targets came on deep balls. He was a great deep ball catcher last year. What do we expect in New England this year? 
Among 84 wide receivers last year with at least 50 targets, Nelson Aguilar's 28% deep target rate was top 10 in the NFL. So we're talking about just the overall percentage of his targets that came on deep balls, top 10 in the NFL. He had 444, 444, 444 receiving yards, six touchdowns on deep passes last year. That ranked sixth and second in the NFL. So his 444 yards on deep balls ranked sixth in the NFL. His six deep receiving touchdowns were second in the NFL. Doesn't exactly fit the jigsaw puzzle that is Cam Newton. Among 34 quarterbacks last year with at least 250 passing attempts, Cam's deep attempt rate of 7.9% was fourth lowest in the league. So he only threw the ball 7.9% of the time, 20 yards down the field. Only threw the ball 20 yards down the field 7.9% of the time. Whereas 28% of Nelson Aguilar's targets were deep balls. Now, his adjusted completion percentage, Cam Newton's adjusted completion percentage, 51.7%, six in the league. So he actually was good while he did throw the ball downfield. And that was with like no targets, right? Or no guys fucking catching his targets because everybody on the, on the Patriots passing offense fucking stunk last year. So it wasn't terrible throwing the ball deep. The problem is um, for someone who had like 50% of his receiving production on deep receptions last year, Nelson Aguilar, he's not going to have enough volume to like repeat or come close to what he did last year. Uh, he had 23 deep targets alone himself, Aguilar last year. Cam Newton only threw the ball deep 29 times in total. So something's got to give here. And uh, it's going to be Nelson Aguilar's statistics. That's what that that's what's going to give here. Jonu and Hunter Henry, man. Okay, so the Patriots signed both the top two tight end targets in free agency. This it's like it's like they're they're playing in a fucking tight end premium league while everybody else is playing in a standard league. They they looked at the settings of the NFL. They clearly didn't have glasses on because like what I don't know what the fuck they're thinking they're doing here. Like I, I get it, I get it. Like Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady was throwing the ball for 5,000 yards a season when them two were there, okay? Here, here's 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 my break. I was really actually excited. I really, you know, Jonu Smith signed or, you know, ex- agreed to the deal. And I went on Twitter and everyone's like, I hate this. And I was like, I fucking love this. He immediately becomes the top passing option in this on this team. We know how much Bill loves him. He's talked about how he's incredible with the ball in his hands after the catch. I thought that was a great fucking move for Jonu. I, I, that got me really excited about Jonu and Dynasty, and I was all in. I was like, yeah, hey, he's a sh- surefire tight end one who has uh, a nice volume floor, but also has that like athletic upside where you know we're not worrying about, you know, you look at the Titans last year, we're like, you hope Jonu Smith gets four targets a game. I would say that would probably be his floor in this Patriots offense prior to the Hunter Henry signing. I think Dan- uh, Daniel Jeremiah, for once, actually said something um, pretty accurate here when explaining the situation he's got hunter henry will be the inline tight end the pass can move jonah smith around they fit well together both guys are capable both guys are capable of doing the opposite at a competent level two two very qb friendly targets okay so uh one jonah smith fucking is not good at pass blocking whatsoever so i, I don't imagine him playing inline tight end much i imagine him being more of the weapon and, and a passing option for cam it gets messy because like jonah would have been this high upside like reception guy. I could have seen him being a volume guy. You don't think about that in the Pats offense because they don't throw the ball much, but I could have seen Jonu being a nice volume player at the tight end position that gives you high weekly ceiling. Hunter Henry by himself could have been like the red zone target or the guy down to the possession guy, right? Like four for 45 and catching six to eight touchdowns next year. But they kind of blur the lines while having both of them on the team together. So it fucks everything up. It fucks everything up. Um, 
talent wise, they're they're pretty much like the rich man's version of of OJ Howard and Cameron Brait right now. How I see it, like Brait obviously Henry and OJ Howard being um, OJ Howard being Jonu Smith, except there's just no volume to be had there. Okay, they're probably going to be ranked in that high end tight end two range for me. Both of them probably somewhere from like tight end twelve to tight end fifteen. Um, but you know now it's now it's all fucked. And again, I like Brady back in the years with Gronk and Hernandez. Brady was throwing for 4,800 yards a season, right? Cam ain't doing that. So it, it, it becomes a problem because, like, I don't know. It, it's good for Cam. It's good for Cam because last year I was looking at some numbers in terms of, like, yards after the catch. So a lot of, you know, you, you see these you see these numbers thrown up by quarterbacks where they're throwing for 4,500, 4,800 yards. A lot of the times, like, 25 to 2,800 of those yards comes after the catch. So they're delivering a 12-yard pass that goes for 27 yards. I was looking at Cam. Cam had, I think it was like 2,200 yards after. No, no, no. He threw for like 2,700 yards. He had 1,200 yards after the catch. His receivers, his weapons added up 1,200 yards after the catch for him, which was like the third lowest total in the entire NFL among quarterbacks that played at least 12 games. Uh, it was like it was like Lamar Jackson, I think maybe Daniel Jones had fewer yards after the catch from their weapons. So, yes, it was a Cam problem last year, but it was also like a fucking entirety of the Patriots problem. You know, one thing, one thing that that teams should focus more on Free agency is for fixing needs. Free agency is for filling needs and filling holes and plugging holes. The NFL draft is for value, okay? Free agency is for filling those needs. You know what the fuck you're getting. The draft is for value and hoping that they pop off as upside. Last year, they drafted two tight ends for filling a need. Horrible decision. They both fucking stunk last year. This year, they didn't make the same mistake twice. So... I don't know. I don't know what this fucking offense is going to be. It's going to be a shit show, but at least it's going to be better than last year. So, um, listen, Cam Cam was fine for fantasy for the first 10, 12 weeks of the season. I think with a better offense, I think if they actually let him be the starter again this year, I think he's going to continue to give you like quarterback 12 numbers. So as someone who owns him in dynasty, like there was a chance that he was not going to be a starting quarterback anywhere next year. So I'm, I'm happy about the moves that they're making with their passing offense. Uh, we talk about some O-line moves. So the Chargers grabbed Corey Lindsley. Absolutely, this cannot be understated, right? We talked a lot about the Browns last year, how they switched their entire offense and they, they improved their entire offense, both from you know a scheme standpoint, Kevin Fancy coming in and running really heavy play action, but just the, the success that they were able to have off of play action and in the run game came because they upgraded their offensive line so tremendously. The Chargers literally ranked 31st in pass blocking and dead last in run blocking last year per PFF. And they've been down there for like five fucking years. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're thinking when they're making the investments they have on the offensive line, but nothing has panned out for them. Corey Lindsley, Corey Lindsley becomes the highest paid center in the NFL right now. Uh, he's an all-pro center from the Packers, so it obviously hurts the Packers. So maybe a slight downgrade to Aaron Jones in the run game. Um, I, you know they're they're pretty solid all around, so I'm not too worried about it. We look at what Warren Sharp tweeted out. Let me throw this shit up on the screen. Worst to first for Justin Herbert. Chargers 2020 center Dan Freeney allowed the most hurries and pressures of any center last year. New center Corey Lindsley allowed the fewest hurries and pressures of any center last year. Zero penalty penalties for Lindsley. So this might go down as one of the underrated biggest signings of the offseason. Love this for Austin Eckler. You love this for Justin Herbert. Love this for the for the Chargers offense. You also love Mr. Joe 
I'm going to say this wrong. I don't know if it's Tooney or Thuney, to be honest with you. This is what happens when you just talk fantasy football all day. You don't know the fucking how to pronounce names and shit. Joe Thuney. We're going to go with Thuney, and I'm just either going to sound good or sound fucking really dumb for the rest of this segment. So the Chiefs signed him to five-year, $80 million contract. Versatile player. Can play the guard position, can play the tackle position. They just let go of both Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. They're tackled. So that was a surprising That was a surprising move to let go of both of them. They had to have something up their sleeve. They did. They signed probably the best um, you know, interior lineman, not Corey Lindsley, related in free agency. So that's huge for Patrick Mahomes. It's huge for Clyde Edwards-Lair. It's huge giving them some versatility on that offensive line where they have some holes, but now they can kind of plug those holes whichever way they see fit. Um, so that's big for the Chiefs to protect, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I, I mean, it's not going to be a massive upgrade to the offense overall because they're already so fucking good, uh, but it solidifies the floor a little bit. What else we got? Corey Davis to the Jets, four years, $37.5 million. Honestly, I don't give a fuck about a Corey Davis. He's a wide receiver, too, in real life. That That is basically his cap. He'll never be better, better than that. I want all the Denzel Mims, all right? If you're going to do, do anything for yourself in Dynasty startup drafts, his ADP right now is like the 9, I think the 9-10 or something like that, like 10th pick of the ninth round, according to our... We did 72 fucking mock drafts last month. 72 mock drafts during BDGE mock week, and Denzel Mims' ADP was like the 9-10. There is nobody with legitimate wide receiver one upside in that range like Denzel Mims, okay? So do yourself a favor and take Denzel Mims in the ninth round of your dynasty startup draft. Take Gabriel Davis in the 12th round of your dynasty startup draft, and you're going to be looking pretty in about a year. So I want all the Denzel Mims in redraft, in dynasty, and I want none of the Corey Davis, okay? Case in point, fuck a Corey Davis. What else we got? Tyrell Williams. Let's fucking go, Tyrell. Tyrell the Gazelle. Signs with the Lions. Makes sense. He's basically just like a the fucking... They, they get Tyrell at a discount just to replace Marvin Jones. Makes sense. Um, Tyrell Williams was a good player once upon a time. I don't hate the move. Uh, it's not really going to do shit for you in fantasy. Kevin Zeitler goes to the Ravens. Nice little piece for the Ravens offensive line, I guess you could say. Kind of shores up. They took a little bit of a step bike last year. But the running backs didn't. Gus Edwards tendered. A little chicken tender action for Gus Edwards. Um, as expected, you know, I never thought he was going anywhere. I actually really, 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 really like Gus Edwards as a double digit round running back this year. Obviously the, the weekly ceiling is kind of capped, but he gives you a nice floor. If like, you know, a lot of the times we talk about how like running backs are so scarce that it's hard to find any like depth at the position. Like if you're starting running back gets hurt, it's hard to find a running back that you're going to plug in and feel confident about getting five, six, seven, eight points. I feel like Gus Edwards is going to do that. I think he will average borderline close to double digit touches per game and probably split the goal line work with J.K. Dobbins. So um, he's also, a you know, J.K. Dobbins is a guy, I don't want to say necessarily he has risk to him, but he's a guy that you have to draft high enough. You're probably going to have to use a first round pick to get J.K. Dobbins this year. So Gus Edwards is a nice insurance pick there for you, right? It's nice to know that you have the exact handcuff of whoever is behind the guy that you took in the first round. A lot of times you draft guys in the first round and you don't know who's going to play behind him or there might not be a handcuff behind him. Uh, so if you're, if you're drafting J.K. Dobbins, you want to draft Gus Edwards late in the late in the drafts. Uh, I will be probably, you know, drafting a decent amount of Gus Edwards in best ball. I will be drafting absolutely zero, zero percent of this Houston backfield, man. David Johnson restructures his contract because he fucking stinks and they had to take away money from him. Mark Ingram, this is like the, this is the, the saddest backfield of all time. This is the saddest backfield of all time. This is like, this is not even like college kids showing up to a high school party. This is like, you're, you're mid-management at a financial firm 
and you're going back to your little sister's high school party. That's what this is. This is David Johnson and Mark Ingram being like the backfield in Houston is so pathetic. If anyone in my audience drafts any of them, you're getting blocked. You're getting reported. I'm going to report you for spam. I'm going to report you for harassment. I'm going to report you uh, to a psychiatric evaluation. Because this shit is just so sad. They probably really thought Mark Ingram was going to like move the needle for Deshaun Watson too. That's what makes it worse. Um, What else do we got here? Big Ben. Big Ben re-signed. I mean, he restructured his contract, so he's coming in at a lighter, a little bit of a lighter weight. Not physically, definitely not physically. As, as, as the weight physically goes up, the weight of his contract goes down a little bit. But it makes you feel a little bit better from a from a pass catching standpoint, like I'd rather have Ben than some fucking than Mason Rudolph or some uncertainty at the quarterback position for Pittsburgh next year. I know he's a shell of himself. And he doesn't really throw the ball deep anymore. But again, like we saw how much he likes Chase Claypool. And we saw how much he likes Deontay Johnson. And without Juju Smith-Schuster there, like I'm in on buying both of them again at whatever their fucking price is right now. So Big Ben, he, he's better than whatever the next best, best option would have been for Pittsburgh. So I don't hate the move whatsoever. Uh, Kenny Galladay is still a free agent. So we'll have to see what happens uh, throughout the rest of the free agency market. What else we got here? Did anything happen here? Anything happen in the last fucking 20 minutes? Okay. I think that's about it. Let me hit YouTube to... Uh... Let me hit YouTube to see. Do we have any Do we have any questions? Did I miss anybody? Did I? Did I miss anything? Uh, also, you know, hit, hit that fucking thumbs up button. If, 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 uh, if you don't hate me, it would be massively appreciated. What did I miss? What did I miss? Was good. 270 videos. Any 49ers fans in here know if Bourne is any good or he's a good third down receiver. I mean, like he's a good third down receiver. Like AJ Dillon's a good third down back. Like. Just give him the ball. He'll fucking fall into a first down. Just being fat. Kendrick Bourne's not actually fat, but he's like the fat version of it. Oh, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is going to Washington. Fitzpatrick is going to Washington. Uh, I'm going to give you my honest breakdown here, and people are going to get way too excited about this. Like, listen, he's not about to have a Miami season. I'm sorry. Like, if he's going in there as a starter, he's not going to perform like he was last year. I Do I like it? For Terry, more than I liked fucking Taylor Heineke or I liked Dwayne Haskins last year, I liked Alex Smith. Yes, of course. Fitzpatrick ain't going to fuck around. You don't give a shit. He's like, Terry, I see you down there. I'm going to throw it over there. See you down there. I'm going to throw it over there. But you're going to go run and get that fucking ball. I kind of like it, I guess. Um, Terry's just a guy. If you're buying Terry, you're buying him because you believe in the talent. You don't really give a fuck about the quarterback situation right now. Uh, the Fitzpatrick move, like, listen, I don't know. I, I think that's more of like a, okay, we have an insurance now in case nothing else breaks our way. If we don't sign a free agent quarterback or if we don't draft a quarterback or something in the draft, at least we have Fitzpatrick to fall bike on, okay? But here's the problem. Anytime we are ready for Fitzpatrick to do well, he doesn't do well. Anytime we're like, wow, he shouldn't be in the game. Why is he throwing 422 yards and fucking eight touchdowns? That's, you know, we need to expect, we need Taylor Heineke to win the starting job in order for Fitzpatrick to actually pay off in Washington. That's what needs to happen. Let's see. What position should the Eagles draft first round? Uh, wide receiver. They should take Jamar Chase. 
Um, oh boy, I gotta catch a train soon. I gotta catch a subway soon. I gotta catch a subway soon. What else do we got? We got any, uh, we got any questions? We got any concerns? We have any criticism? Anyone want to talk some fucking shit? I could use a little, I could use a little electricity in the chat right now. Yeah, uh, I'm just glad the Bears didn't sign Fitz. Yeah, the, the Bears would sign Fitz as like a stopgap quarterback to their next stopgap quarterback. I think I just made that term up. The Bears just been just been signing gap quarterbacks. I don't know what their fucking game plan is. Like, they miss on Mitch Trubisky and they just keep trying to make up for it by not making up for it. Jameis MVP? No. It's not even going to be the MVP of that quarterback room. D. Smith with pick three and Najee Harris at 18 for Dolphins, I hope. Yeah, you've been you've been watching too much fantasy football content, my friend. What do you think the Raiders... Oh, you know what? We could actually talk about the Nelson Aguilar move from a Raiders weapon, weaponary position. Um, so this opens up, obviously, a, a little bit of action for Henry Ruggs, for Brian Edwards, which I think we should be excited about. Um... Darren Waller gonna be a beast again. I'm I'm excited for Brian Edwards. If you if you know if this is best case scenario for Brian Edwards that Nelson Aguilar is gone, so he's someone that you know if 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 you if you um oh my god <laughs> that's hilarious. Josh goes your nose looks like one of those noses on a pair of those gag glasses, and then I looked at myself and it does, and now I'm like freaking out. Now I need to take these off. You scared me. I'll never be able to unsee that. Anytime I wear these, I'm going to see that now. I'm just going to need to put them down like this. You done fucked me up, bro. Um, James Robinson doesn't have to wear Yeah, okay. So so the Jags signed Carlos Hyde. The Jags signed Carlos Hyde. Um, and it means absolutely fucking nothing for James Robinson. This is that people really st were telling you to... Were, were telling you to fucking... Fade James Robinson or sell James Robinson because of Carlos Hyde now. I love that. It's the same sentiment I've been saying. Listen, if you run a fucking business, you don't see a problem with a specific asset or or part of your business. There's no reason to unnecessarily upgrade it, right? Like my camera is good. My lens is good. There's no fucking reason to go out there and pay a, pay a premium price for a new camera or a new lens because this shit is already working. James Robinson, you got a fucking premium price. You got you got you got a you got a college kid performing at a premium price for a fucking dropout level price. Okay? There was never any reason to invest heavy draft capital. There was never any reason to invest heavily into an actual free agent at the uh a free agent at the running back position for J for Jacksonville. So, James Robinson going to be a high-end running back too in fantasy next year. Skirt. Your shirt is too yellow. Uh this, this is one of those, this is like, I stole this from my grandpa. It just like fits so well. It's like very, I actually just slept in this shirt and kind of like woke up and was like, fuck it. I forgot I had to get on video. I knew you guys were going to bully me, so it doesn't really matter. I'm over it. I'm over getting bullied. You think you can get in my fucking head? You do. You guys live fucking very rent free in my head. Which is unfortunate because I pay so much for fucking rent. You guys should chip in, honestly. Where do you think T.Y. Hilton lands? 
He's one. I know everybody says everyone should go to the Chiefs, but I think T.Y. Hilton in Kansas City makes a lot of fucking sense. I think T.Y. Hilton in Kansas City, I think he's got some juice left in the tank, and he's just like a way better version of Sammy Watkins, to be honest. Do you think Seattle keeps Carson now because Hyde is gone? No, I don't. I think Carson's gone. They might, you know, they, they were talking about possibly getting Leonard Fournette, which makes a little bit of sense. Let's go, Patriots. Don't you mean gender neutral potato head? What's cracking, big dog? What up, delusional? Do you think destroying gets a chance in the NFL this year due to cap? I don't know what that means. James Robinson will be a one-season wonder. Okay. You think the Cowboys go after anyone big today? Uh, No. Here's the thing. Like, they're not going to make any moves on offense. So, like, when I'm thinking about big moves that are made from, like, shit that I think about, I, they're not – I mean, they're not going to add a wide receiver, and they're definitely not adding a running back. So, outside of that, no. Kenny G to KC, yeah, no chance. No chance. That's just what you got. No chance in hell. How's the stonk market doing today? I bought a few ignorant call options. Shouldn't have done that, probably. Is pen dipped? Is pen dipped sub 130? Uh, don't look like it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Where are they at? 132? Oh, God. Oh, oh Lord. I gotta wait for like a 124 piece. Willful. Oh, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Cowboys, maybe. You should come up with a good 20 Patreon this season. Be all over it. I don't know what that means. What's up, bro? What do you think Browns do with OBJ? Trade him? No, I think they just fucking play. I think they let him try to get healthy and they just play. There's no reason. There's no reason for them, them to trade him. Willful or destination, Nick? Uh, I want to say Green Bay, but like, I feel like Green Bay is going to do something fucking ignorant. I feel like they're just going to trade like a six round pick for Nikhil Harry and be done with it. I don't know. I don't know where Will Fuller goes. Maybe Will Fuller to fucking, uh, no, not Baltimore. Will Fuller to Miami would actually be kind of interesting. I like Will Fuller to Miami. Does Julian Edelman still exist? Julian Edelman, uh, Julian Edelman's not a good place in his life right now. Anytime you get replaced by Kendrick Bourne, it's time to it's time to see that therapist finally. Why do you think Adam Trotman is the tight end thirty two? I just dropped the big facts. I'm sorry. Nothing I can do. It's not what I think. It's what the facts are. How did you guys never edit snacks running the 40 splice with Daniel Jones falling on his face running the end zone? We did that many times. That's all over. That's all over social media. Kenny G to Dolphins cut Jakeem Grant. We're going to pick Jamar Chase, roll D Smith in the draft. Yeah. The fact like that, like the Dolphins have been doing this rebuild so well and they could be, they could have been in even in an even better situation if they not, if they didn't sign fucking guys like Jakeem Grant. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Most like novice football fan in the world could tell you not to sign Jakeem Grant to a $40 million contract. What's wrong with them? Is 
Saints release Quan Alexander. Yeah, I mean, they're going to keep making moves where they're just releasing guys. Their cap is still out of control. Have fun. Look at it. Without any other context, tell me you like giving the 11th, 13th, and 2022 second round for Hertz and Mims BDGE standard scoring. Um, uh, I mean, um, since you said BDGE standard scoring, I'm assuming that means super flex and half PPR. And if that's the case, that Hertz and Mims side wins that, and it's not even relatively borderline close. Your input on what Jags need to do. The Jags needed to. The Jags should. Uh, the Jags should shine. They should sign. They should try to go after Allen Robinson. If not, they should sign Brashad Perriman as their wide receiver three. They should have signed a tight end. They should get Gerald Everett. Um. And then they should focus on O line and defense. Maybe grab a wide receiver in the class because it's deep as fuck. What do you think the New York Giants are going to do? The New York Giants are going to go after Kenny Galladay very hard. And if not, they're going to, I mean, they're going to use their first round pick on a wide receiver or move up to get Kyle Pitts. It's just big fucking facts, big fat facts. Bro, what are the Cowboys doing? Here's They're not signing anybody on offense. So you're going to take fucking Patrick Sertain with their first-round pick, and then everyone's going to be like, well, they're Super Bowl contenders, and then, then, then they just won't be. Ben, welcome, bike. All right, I actually got to bounce out of here. Like, I had to fucking hit my subway about 10 minutes ago. This, real, this realtor is going to be pissed. I'm going to tell her, fuck it. I was live streaming because y'all are more important than that. Uh, I got I to bounce. Uh, thank y'all for hanging around with me. We're gonna we're probably gonna do another live stream Thursday. I, normally, I don't like doing too many live streams in the off season. I like to prepare and give you guys the big facts. But like during free agency, shit happens like that. And if I were to film something last night, like so much of the shit would be out of date. So Thursday, prepare for another live stream like this. I'll probably go live at like twelve or three or fucking seven. I don't know. Uh, is the car topless? No, it is not because it's about forty five degrees out in New York today. It's actually probably like thirty five degrees out in New York today. And, uh, and no, we're not doing rookie. We're just doing free agency. Shitty, shitty shit. Love y'all. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll see y'all uh, Thursday. Love you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.